Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2024. And now we're in for more responsibilities and uh, aiming for accountabilities of what happened in the last four years going to the fifth year. And technically, these things have been happening for a long time, but most of us were just acquiesce things or didn't say anything. But as they said, it seems like the, the recent uh, pandemic was like, or the COVID-19 was like the nail in the coffin. And then, no, we didn't want to be in the coffin alive. So we want to wake up and do the work that we have to do. So today, I'd like to remind everyone that, you know, you could always do your part, at least in this podcast, you can do, you can like it, subscribe, share, 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 okay? And subscription is free, okay? You can always support all the guests. You can donate to the links that I always include and go to their website because in numbers of like-minded people and powerful in, in le leaders from the grassroots and from above. So we're trying to hit it in all angles because we have more things to do and more things to accomplish. And we do hope that all of us could be engaged. So today I welcome Senator Dennis Linthicum. Thank you, Senator, for being here. You bet. It's it's a great way to start the new year. Um, a, a lot of times people are um, wondering what the new year will look like. And um, I think this year, um, instead of people wondering, the, the truth is everybody knows. Um, we've seen um, uh, untold circumstances in 2023 that are just a, a governmental overreach and tragedy on a grand scale. And um, the, these tragedies keep expanding across all areas of life, across our market-driven economy, uh, across electricity electricity, how you purchase a car, home prices, few, all of these things we see inflationary pressure because the government has been mucking in these um, arenas for a long, long time. Healthcare costs are rising faster than anything else. And um, government wants to pretend and your politicians want to pretend that they really care and they're concerned. But what we see in front of us is fraud on a grand scale. And that's what our grand jury petition is about, is getting people involved, getting their local DA, their local county commissioners or supervisors to pay attention to the fraud that is right in front of their noses. All we need to do is create an environment where um, these people have the freedom to um, to review the information and quote investigate out of that investigation we'll see accountability exactly and um and that's the reason why i brought uh, and invited senator dennis linticum and he let me just say a little bit more of who he is and as we go along you will know more about him and why it is important to support paul um senators, congressmen, or any politicians who know who are in the right side of history. So Senator Dennis Linticum is an Oregon State Senator from District 28, 
all are part of three Southern Oregon counties, Jackson, Klamath, Deschutes counties. And he is a strong advocate for individual freedom. He is a consistent fighter for the people against misguided attempts for one size fits all policy mandates in all areas of political concern. So in needless intervention in public health policy by political players is a imprudent trend that diminishes health and human flourishing just when we need strong advocates for medical freedom. So and this is why the grand jury petition, as he mentioned, is so important. It is one of our founders' most important checks on unwarranted government overreach. And as far as I know, and I didn't even grow up in United States, but learning more and more of how the founding fathers created a government, created a constitution, they really prepared everything for us in these current times. So it's just smart for us, it's wise for us to learn more about it and tap into that resources. So today, he mentioned again, there's so much overreach. And I still remember I have one of those, uh, I, I saw one of those memes that individual liberty is really to, uh, or, or is, is kind of like uh, it dissipates or diminish because we give too much of responsibility or just we just like, we didn't do anything. And we just like look at the government as they, they, that's all, they can do for, I mean, they everything they should do for us. But we have to remember that we are the government. We created the government, okay? So the people created the government. So it is but just right for us to make people in the so-called positions in the government to be accountable. And that's why I'm so excited when I heard that beyond the, and doctors, lawyers, senators, and other experts, you know, are came together to start the beyondthecon.com. And it's not just for them, but for all of us. And of course, in New Jersey, um, Senator, I also was excited to meet the attorney David Meiswinkle. So it's kind of like in the same month that I heard about the beyondthecon, because he also, who's been engaged in the 9-11 investigation, also created that group and all for the grand jury investigation. So it, it, it's just like, it's obvious that we have to come together and we have to, this is where we're gonna go in 2024. So, and uh, so I know that we, we know that there are so many politicians, so many judges who are also on the wrong side of history for eons already. Just And that's why I was so excited that when I saw this video clip of Congressman uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, when he was questioning the CDC director, Rochelle Wal was Walisky, Walinsky, it was a powerful video. So I encourage everyone to look at that video clip of Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene questioning CDC director who's about to step down or maybe he stepped down. But at the end of his investigation, um, Congressman said, so, so Director Rochelle Walensky, since you did a fantastic job of, you know, just being blinded and 
contributing to depopulation, especially for women, especially for pregnant women. And he said, so where are you going to go next? Are you going to be employed in big pharma? And I, I love that question. So, so there are good people too. And when I met Dr. Uh, Senator Dennis Linticum, I met him in September in the, in the, at the Healing for the Ages Conference Summit in Dallas, created by four doctors said you know and that's why i said oh if the senator is here in this powerful empowering event telling the truth then hmm, maybe i should get to know senator dennis linticum and finally he's here at quantum nurse freedom international live stream so i truly appreciate that hmm. <laughs> anyway so um before I before I let uh, Senator again speak more on uh, uh, you know about him and what he is really helping us achieve this year and it may not happen right away in 2024 but it's a strong beginning is a great door opening for all of us then let me just share to you uh, Senator and to the audience that I saw yesterday some good news okay and one of the good news and this is from the substack of sasha latipova whom we have had also as our guest so in boise county they have a, it says that a boise county resolution to advise against use of genetic biologic vaccine platform technology on the child vaccine schedule until forensics investigation Idaho Health Audit and Transparent and Accurate Informed Consent. How does that sound? Isn't that a good news, Senator? That is good news. Yes. Yeah, it's perfect, perfect. So I sent this to a group to my chat in New Jersey where it's mothers and who have been, you know, uh, representing themselves in the board, working for all to protect the children. So that, that's such a good news. And another good news that I saw is that, for me, it's good news, is that there were 200 service members demand military leadership be court-martialed for forced experimentation on troops. So, you know, this is just uh, the, the main titles of the article, but nevertheless, it's a good beginning. And all these good news articles that I mentioned to you, if you just search it, this um it will be in in mainstream and also alternative news okay so servicemen calling already for military leadership to be court-martialed for forced experimentation on troops and it's because it's always interesting that if we want security for our government we want to make sure that our military is also of optimum health so that's what i think of that so Let's go now to Senator. So tell me, how did you get started to be a Senator? For As far as I know, you were a regular, excellent father, working man, taking care of family, and boom, before you know it, you are already in politics. Right, well, yeah, what's interesting is uh, I'm, you know, we live in the rural part of Oregon, a lot of forestry, a lot of agriculture, cattle production and that that kind of thing. And so um, we have always in this area uh, paid attention to uh, government overreach. 
And, um, and it, to do that, one of the things you need is you need access or transparency from the government. And um, it's interesting that the government is uh, reluctant to share information. And the reason they're reluctant to share, share information is information is power. Knowledge is power. And once we see what's going on, many of us can step up and say, hold it. Wait a minute. What's going on here? So a couple of those things that impact uh, all of the Western states, because the federal government owns so much land in the Western states, 65% um, of um, this county is federally owned. In other words, it's national forests and national parks and on and on it goes. And and uh, to, whenever they're going to make a change in that landscape, not on your city streets, but in the rural part, that um, 20 years or so ago, there was rules for um, it, information quality and information dissemination. So the IQA uh, Paperwork Reduction Act and the Information Quality Act were about providing quality information, not invalid information, but accurate information that the federal government would disseminate to the, the individuals in any given area, whether it's the hardwood forests in um, the southeast or the western, um, you know, softwoods here in Oregon. The federal government has a responsibility to the public at large to disseminate accurate information. They cannot make stuff up. They have to review it, understand it, take feedback. And the way they get feedback is through what is known as publishing their proposal in the federal registry. And so their proposals typically show up in the federal registry. And then in, in my rural county, people respond to that proposal and say, wait, that's unrealistic. We can't do that. That's too expensive. It's too costly. It doesn't accomplish what you want to accomplish because people in the Western states in particular, where most of the land owned by the federal government is in the Western states, for example, in Nevada, a neighboring um, uh, state right out here, 95%, I mean, get this number, 95% of the state land in Oregon belongs to the federal government. That means they wield enormous control over the what can be done and what can't be done and how they influence policy and politics. So the, it's a little different, you know, on the West versus the East, but the concept is the same. The federal government must, and I use must in capital letters, must share accurate information and have an accurate perspective and proposal on the table for people to comment on. So this is one of the first things that we noticed here in in our current grand jury petition is the federal government did not follow any of those policies or guidelines. So that's a violation of federal law. Now, if the federal government is going to violate federal law, who's going to hold them accountable? 
are they only accountable to the president, to the executive branch? Are not they accountable to we the people? And I'd like to, as you were giving an introduction, Grace, you, you took the time to mention these are foundational ideas. And the reason these are so important is the administrations come and go. They get eight years, they get four years, they get, and they move in and move out. So they're uh, somewhat like renters. So the question is, who are the owners? And the owners are we the people. The Constitution tells us that we the people are the primary individuals responsible for the governance of our nation, not these guys who come and go get fired or go to Pedo Island. And we are the ones who should be taking control of the rule book and how things happen and whatnot. And the individuals in the deep state um, want to write the rules, want to play the umpire on the field, and want to be the scorekeepers and um, tell people they can or can't do this, that, or the other thing. That's where the lockdowns come from. Where in the world did these bureaucrats come up with the idea that they could successfully tell you you were a non-essential employee and ban you from walking down Main Street to walk your dog. Uh, it, it's, it's really quite incredible, but they successfully pulled it off. And now what I'm asking for is I'm asking for people to rise up and say, we're done with this. We're in charge here. We know where the lines are painted on the playing field. And um, it, Grace, if you want to jump in here, I'll let you jump in. But the lines on the playing field is another important concept uh, that uh, I'll expand on in just a second. If I'll let you jump in and ask yeah. questions or say, slow down there, Dennis. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. But I just kind of remember when you mentioned about the 95% of the land, because even... Even before the pandemic, sometimes I, you know, when you walk around in the National Reserve or in just looking around and you see, so wow, there's so many lands and there's so many people who can't even have afford to have a space. Why do we have to protect? To you know, it's it's like it doesn't make sense to protect or to reserve them when people need a place to to build a home need a place to stay. And then of course, when they keep saying, and I come from the Philippines where so many people, right? So when they said, oh, there's so many people and there's not enough space, I said, well, I see a lot of mountains. I see a lot of open space, you know, and most of them, not, not there's not a lot maybe owned by super people, super wealthy people, but some are already with the government. So it's just like sometimes if you look around, it's really a common sense to start thinking what if they're telling us a lie or not. So and that, so um you know and more so now people are out there thinking. So I'm glad and this this. This more than ever, I think the podcast either we we aimed our audience to those who are already awake, 
because it's kind of difficult to keep waking other people, don't you think? But we, we, we don't give up on them, but we have to. So those of you who are awake, this is the time to fully, fully listen. And so I appreciate everything that you're saying. And there's, it's okay. You can talk as much as you want, share as much as you want, because <laughs> that's what the platform is here for. Now, when you said, when, in, 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 uh, when the grand jury, do we go for the agencies or do we go for the people? I mean, those yeah. really name the people who were in charge, because from what I know, it, you can't go for the agencies. Yeah, well, yeah, we, so we, we in named our, them in our lawsuit. We we named them. We we went after five distinct individuals and their representative uh, executive agencies. And and the reason we thought that was important is we wanted the ability to subpoena those individuals. As I mentioned five minutes ago, the government is very reluctant to share information. And so you have to do a Freedom of Information Act request and you got to fill out the paperwork and they'll say, well, no, that's a that's a um, what do they call it? They call it a um, a national security issue. We can't share that. It's like, what do you mean you can't share that? You made up this data about needing plexiglass between me and the cashier, you made up this data about needing to um, spray with disinfectant, which was probably water, the um, handle on my grocery cart. You made up the information that spaced me six feet from my neighbor. You made up the information that says I have to wear a mask. You made up all of this stuff. There's no source documentation for any of it. These are all lies, one lie after another. You made up the fact that if we take the vaccine, so-called vaccine, but poison shot, if you take that vaccine, you won't ever receive COVID and you'll never transmit COVID. We know that also was entirely a lie that nobody investigated that, not even Pfizer. Pfizer didn't look at it one iota. They didn't care about the effectiveness or safety of their product. They had liability protection from 1986. And that liability protection allowed them to make $300 billion. That's, that's $300,000 million. And this is an enormous swindle and the taxpayers and public all across the globe are paying for this tragedy. Um, and it, it's time the people in your audience and in every audience where we can get a voice, it's time we shook these people and said, you guys, you're gonna have to wake up or you will succumb to tyranny and misery as the state grows and grows and grows and becomes more powerful than you've ever imagined. So now's the time to take the legs out from under these guys, put them behind bars, or at least investigate and say, well, that wasn't criminal intention, but that was malfeasance. And 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 now we've got some we've got some legal avenues we can pursue to hold people accountable. What what happened on the March 24 in the National Vital Statistics. It's a, 
I think it has something to do with the way the doctors have to report. Can you share us what you know about that? You bet. Let me... Um... So, and this goes back, this is in 2020. So this is before the virus. And we, this is one of the items we make a claim about um, in our, you know, assessment of corruption is the NVSS, the National Vital Statistics System, um, issued COVID-19 alert number two. Now, that's an interesting thing. Remember, it's in March of 2020, so it's way early in the game. And what they did during this is they issued guidelines for um, changing how a medical examiner or a county coroner or whatever fills out a death certificate. And what they did was they changed what had been in place for, um, I think it was since 2000. 2000. For 17 years, this policy had been in place and they changed it within two months of hearing about, quote, COVID-19 for the first time, SARS-CoV-2. And now we know, based on the patent information, that SARS-CoV-2 was developed years and years ahead of this under a Department of Defense contract. We know the federal government did all these things. And as the information, remember, our grand jury petition is nearly three years old. And we now have far more information. If we were going to build this today, this is a our, our, our grand jury petitions, 163 pages or something. It'd probably be 478 pages. I mean, it would be three times as big because of all the information that the public is now aware of that's obvious, case after case after case, where the CDC was sponsoring anxiety, fear, mediocre science, uncertainty, and all they did was create more deaths under the death certificate nomenclature that they just modified, and they get an uptick in death rates, and the public is watching and they're seeing all of the death counts and the media was the perfect puppet to the government's the hand inside the media machine. And the media machine is busy pushing false statistics, false um, uh, projections and making it look like this pandemic is going to kill you and your grandmother and your children. In truth, Children are, are never at risk. Kids, adults, mothers that are currently experiencing pregnancy, none of those people were ever tested. There was no safety or e efficacy guidelines published from Pfizer or the CDC. The CDC simply said, take this, it'll make you better. And we know today that it's made millions of people sick and the, the skyrocketing um, off the charts, whether it's sudden death or unexpected death or um, vaccine injury, we know all of those circumstances are exploding, even turbo cancer. And so to think that these people were, you know, are beneficial masters, they were benef they were uh, 
what what would we call it? They were beneficent dictators, you know, telling us what to do because they knew it would help us. I don't buy it anymore. I think that this is fraud and I think we ought to get to the bottom of it. And, and, it's, and it's really good that while other groups like, you know, some physicians and other groups are calling immediately to stop distributing this jab and but the grand jury must also continue. So at this point, because we've been bombarded from all angles, we need also to act on it from all angles. And there was one at one point when you mentioned about it's been there uh, and they like to guide us and yet people change it. At the same time, whatever we change now through the grand jury, because I know it will change, this whatever comes out of this will also be the guiding a guideline or a good whatever you call it in a legal way that so that in the future when you and me are gone in a natural way not in the chat way okay when we're gone and it's a foundation for them because i said you know senators can change podcasters can change but at least what's good for the people will will maintain and what will protect them. Um, yeah, and I, th I think that's a good point. Uh, the, the word you were looking for was precedent in terms of setting standards that uh, the following generations will follow. And <clears throat> what, what you and I expected was the Nuremberg Code would be precedent and would last um, through our, for eternity. We, we just thought this is common sense that the individual has to have valid, informed information with which to provide consent for medical um, experimentation. And, and that informed consent concept um, has been stripped right from your inalienable rights, right out from under your civil rights, right out from your human dignity, the deep state Drip that away and threw it into the trash can. And, and what's interesting is it happens through government malfeasance because it takes the power of government to accomplish something like this. In a typical sphere, if I had a product and I was trying to sell you whatever's in this product, here's my coffee cup, I'm trying to sell you my cup of coffee, I have to get individuals to enjoy the brew that I'm making. They have to enjoy my style of latte, my vanilla, my chocolate, my mocha, whatever we're going to call it. And then in the free market, they get to purchase that freely. They know my cup of coffee. They like it. They want to purchase it. That's a common sense understanding that we all have. Now with government involvement, government at this point is dictating you must buy this cup of coffee. You must take this biologic genetic modifying, you know, injection. You must buy this electronic vehicle. You can't buy that propane stove. Now what's happening, the reason government has that power is we, the people, have pretended, uh, unfortunately, or been suckered or been teased into believing 
that the government has the power to control our lives through economic um, beneficence. And, and their economics don't really work. They're uneconomical, and it does not help to take my propane gas stove out of my kitchen and put an electric uh, oven or stove because somebody else wanted what that really does is it makes more money for that vendor. So whenever you have the government dictate, you must do this, you must do that, you must do the other thing, what they're doing is they're intervening in your natural free choice. Now, they've done it in the economy for a hundred years, and they're now, they just, in this SARS CoV environment, they breached into medical freedom. And now they've stolen our economic freedom. There are minimum wages in Oregon. It just went up to $16 an hour in Oregon. Who will be able to afford a McDonald's burger when you're paying the employees $16 an hour? It, you know, at some point, this will be, you know, a um, a saturation of the marketplace. Nobody will want that burger when they can they can buy expensive beef at the grocery store, spend a half hour and and broil up some burgers at home. And and so we we're going to transition the entire economy because the government wants to take away, has taken away your economic freedom, and now they want to take away your medical freedom. And so this is the place where we have to stand up against this wholesale manipulation of government power and, um, and what they've done with this regime of untested experimental gene therapy biologics that we know actually impact our human DNA and will impact our fo the following generations. And so this is a big, big deal. And people have to recognize what's going on. It runs deep. It is thick. It's dirty. It's ugly. And these guys need to be held to account. And that's why if we want to protect our medical freedom, we also you know, in, in the country, we also have to remember to have the, our government in check of what they're doing outside the country, say about their rela our relationship with World Health Organization, because you know that they still are trying to, you know, push that pandemic treaty. So people can get engaged in the grand jury, but people can get engaged on the petitions that you need to do for, you know, to keep, our government, but really keep World Health Organization in check. As a senator, Senator Linticum, how much is your influence or how much as a senator have influence in the Senate? I ask that question because I know there are so many lobbyists. And I also understand that sometimes foreign policies even, uh, or maybe policies in government policies in general, are not created within the Senate, but it's outside. And then they bring it to maybe some senators or some congressman or some politician and, and they bribe them to support them or whatever. So in your experience, I hope no one has approached you to do such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Yeah, you're making the the same point. Let, let's let's draw some numbers. In I'm an Oregon state senator. There are 30 senators in Oregon, and it's a majority rule concept. Um, that means 16, 15, 15 would be a tie. 16 can pass a law. So if I had my cup of coffee or my hamburger or whatever I was trying to sell, I could try and sell it to the 4.2 million people in Oregon, or I can go give a sales pitch to 16 senators. And all I have to do is convince 16 senators. I can buy them burgers. I can deliver coffee to their offices. I can talk with them and be friendly with them and share my experiences with them and talk about the health benefits of my cup of coffee or the health benefits of my burger or whatever. If those 16 senators are swayed by my marketing effort, it becomes law. And as soon as it becomes law, everybody in the state of Oregon has to buy that cup of coffee, that burger, that electric vehicle, that solar panel, get rid of their gas stove, on and on it goes. And so the tragedy in front of us is we we recognize this has been happening on the economic front, on the supply chain and on those areas. We have never, ever seen this occur to this extent within the medical, what medicines I must take when I get up in the morning. Do I have to take vitamin D3? Do I have to take vitamin C? Can I take ivermectin? What is it that the state will force me to take? Do I have to get an abortion? Do I need to get sterilized? Do I, and on and on it goes. And now that people recognize what's going on when the state is involved and the state is in control and they're waging war, this is a serious complaint. They're waging war against the average man and woman in the United States of America. Then people should respond with all of their gusto, all of their might and fight back because this is, they have become so callous and so out of touch with reality, basically because so, social media has kept them um, out of harm's way. Social media has social media shut down all of the um, all of the debate about whether SARS-CoV-2 was from Wuhan lab or not, or whether SARS-CoV-2 was really dangerous from a statistical perspective or whether SARS-CoV-2 um, really um, hurt children. And the truth is it didn't. Most of the deaths came from people who were um, 81 years old, I think is the death average, uh, average age of death for a COVID with comorbidities. And the, the statistical average for life in the United States is 76 for women and 73 for men or something like that. I don't know the real numbers. People can correct me. But uh, so these people <clears throat> had already lived full and fruitful lives, were already well past their expected life expectancy, and then we're calling them COVID deaths. 
And um, this is the fraud that was part of that um, NVSS change in how you complete a, um, a death certificate. A guy in a motorcycle accident, you test him with a PCR test, which is completely also false. Uh, it's amazing how many falsehoods are in this story. And he's, he, he's carrying what you call the COVID. And, and so you mark him down as a COVID death. Your state gets $5,000 from the federal government because you racked up another death for the statistics. This, this is atrocious and it's, um, it's irresponsible. And we need to set precedent about holding these people accountable as you were describing. So true. So I have um, some images and memes that I want to share with the audience and that we can continue. And primarily, I want to, you know, hear your thoughts on these memes. And I like this because lately, you know, people have been using it and, you know, images have been used to manipulate us to um, really change a lot of our subconscious mind of status and thinking and kind of lost. But there are also great memes to understand and to use. So I'm going to put on my slide and please play with me with this. Okay, Senator, okay. hold on. <laughs> there. Okay, let me let me just make sure I the people can see that. Okay. There. So she said, COVID backtracking, readjusting the corona, coronavirus narrative. So what's the first thought that you have in your mind when you see this image? Yeah, well, I, the, the backtracking is a good is a is a great term to use here for readjusting how we think about this. If if you were on a um, a trail, a nature park, a walk with your you know kids or family, spouse, your friend, it doesn't matter. You're on a nature hike, and you realize now after a couple of miles, you were supposed to come to some lake, and you keep going uphill, and you look at your map, and you realize, oops, I'm on the wrong track. To get on the right track, I don't suggest cutting over the mountaintop, you know, and getting over to where I, what I suggest in the best way that this brings to my mind is what you should do is go back to the place where you missed the junction. Go back to the place where you made a wrong decision. And at that place where you find you made a wrong decision, turn and make the right decision. And that's the only way to get back on track is to return to the place of error. And at that point where you find the error, you discover the error, you see it, that's the point where you have to take action. That's the point where now you get to correct your path and make your way towards a prosperous future. Otherwise, you'll just be lost in the woods and you may never get out. And at the same time, we also, I think, have to be careful when, uh, you know, as Senator, you mentioned, it's a good thing. But remember, others also, so 
it's who is doing the backtracking, okay? Because <laughs> sometimes they could do a backtrack, change the narrative, but actually the intention remains the same. Okay, so always be careful with that. So always see who's doing the backtracking and is the backtracking benefiting us or is benefiting them again or somewhere again or who, you know, the 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 apex predators who created this. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, okay. actually, that's a that's a wonderful point, because um, you you recognize there's there's a goal. And when we're taking that forest hike, we have a goal to get to that lake, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a, there's a goal out there. So when you're adding a column of numbers, there's a goal, and that's to get the addition correct. Our, our goal is for finding the right answer. And if I make a mistake on this, you know, it's a series of three digits in a column, and I make the mistake way up near the top, I, I can't go halfway through the list. Let's say there's 10 numbers. I can't go to five and forward and say, well, it's right. I have to go all the way back and find that point where I made my mistake. It's at the fourth set of numbers in my column as I'm trying to get the result. And the point that I'm trying to make is you've got to go back. You've got to backtrack per your slide and you're trying to make the point that there has to be some focus on truth. We have to be looking for the correct answer, not for the political answer, not for the expedient answer, not for the answer that will benefit me. We're looking for truth, and we have to keep our eye on truth because truth is where we need to focus. If we're not focused on truth, then you're focused on one lie or another lie. But these lies are, quote, all lies. And so all lies um, it hurt all people. You've got to focus on getting to the truth. Exactly. And I. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> well, well, yeah. So this is exactly what we're talking about. Are, are you willing to face the truth? Are you willing to recognize that you made that mistake while adding that column of numbers? Are you willing to recognize you made a mistake in uh, accepting the fast? the fact that face masks were um, were necessary. When we know today, everybody on the planet should know today that face masks are ineffective and are unacceptable from a public policy perspective. And, um, and so how many people that, who are still wearing their masks, Grace, you probably travel a fair bit, in your, you know, state of New Jersey, people probably still wear masks in the grocery store. And yeah. this, this inability to face truth is a real problem in our culture. Are you a woman and I a man? And is it only because you think so and I think so, or is it because it's factually true? And I'm making the claim that it's factually true. And if we confuse male from female, we confuse north from south on our map or on our compass, we'll be lost in the forest forever. If your compass is broken, you will never get out of the forest alive. 
And when I'm talking uh, about getting out of the forest alive, I'm talking about, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of square miles of federal forest land, which is the bureaucracy that they've created to crowd us into believing the lies that come from convenience. And it's about time that people recognize, wait a minute, and Ronald Reagan's the one who said, uh, uh, you know, this is the, the most dangerous words in the American language. Are, I'm here from the government and I'm here to help you. And we ought to realize by now that's not necessarily true. There are difficult truths right in front of us if we're willing to listen. And folks, if you look at this image, it's very interesting that why would you want to be in the long, long line? <laughs> you want to be in that unpleasant truth where no one's standing or you could be one of the people and a few people and you get through it right away. Okay. So be comfortable to be in the unpleasant truth and be okay that you are in the minority because sooner or later, it's all about at the end of the day, as they said, it's all about your freedom your health okay and no one else so <laughs> let's see what we have the next one is this <laughs> yeah well and in this is this is a a timely one too to be frank we've made some mistakes oh no kidding and um is there any um consequences from making mistakes when you and i make a mistake we get hammered for it. You and I, in in my political career, I've been a senator for eight years, seven years, actually. I'm in my eighth year coming up here in 2024. <clears throat> but in those years, every time you make a mistake, everybody's belly aching about it. And everybody knows what's going on. And um and that's at the state level. When it comes to federal policy, because it's the money machine, the federal government, for example, the federal government knew these were mistakes when they shut down the economy. And to pretend that these mistakes weren't that awful or that bad, they started seeding COVID money into every community in the United States of America. And they had the PPP loans to every community in the United States of America. You could, you could continue running your business, even though, quote, you were non-essential, and you could run your business and the federal government would pay for your employees, even though you're not producing anything, even though you're, quote, non-essential, even though you're out of business at a technical level. The federal government was going to give you money, so it was no harm, no foul. I'll stand in the long line of untruths because it's convenient. I get a paycheck. Yippee! And this is atrocious behavior by the federal agencies when they make mistakes and they sink our livelihood, our prosperity, and our human dignity. We need to hold them accountable. And most working men and women don't really understand what the impact of that eventually to their economic situation in the long run. So at this moment, it's just kind of like, okay, they're getting some money and 
and with with <laughs> with the things happening in other countries like the war in Ukraine and so people can easily blame oh it's because of Ukraine and Russia but they don't know that hey the problem begins right here so people right. have to wake and, up. and your your comments you know remind me of the discussion we just had a bit ago the problem, you know, the Constitution, if you think of the Constitution, your listeners ought to think of the Constitution like the rule book. And so this is like painting the lines on the basketball court. We've got the length of the court. We've got the width of the court. We've got half court painted on the floor. We've got a key. We've got a three-point zone. We've got, you know, uh, inbounds, out-of-bounds. We know all those things. This is the rule book for the executive and congressional agencies. We, the people, um, hold, should be holding them accountable to the rule book. What they did with SARS-CoV-2 is they're dribbling up in the bleachers and they're calling it fair and there's no umpire blowing the whistle and they're taking shots from out there and the, they say, oh, 10 pointer. It wasn't a 10 pointer. It was from out of bounds. But if nobody's going to call the rule book, the rule book, if the Constitution is getting exploded right in front of our eyes, who's to blame? Is it the men who exploded our Constitution or is it we the people who never defended and stood up for our constitution and our individual rights and our inalienable rights and our human dignity? These are the things that are on the line. And these are the reasons that this is such an important conversation. And, and I think of this fight like as a family, as a fight at home. So, you know, it, it, because again, you gotta fight it because your your home is affected. So that's always how I think of the government. I bring it down to the smallest level level of being. I am my government in my home. <laughs> so. Okay, let's see. See, that's yeah. <clears throat> Well, and, and this is just, this is one of those memes that doesn't need much explanation. It's it's kind of a common sense. They've they've they they they're out of control. They're clearly out of control. Yeah. Okay. And I like to bring Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, Jefferson is a wonderful founding father, and I think we need to turn to founding father and founding father ideas over and over and over again, because they're the ones who recognize that the aristocracy, in other words, the wealthy and the rich who were running Europe and King George and, um, and the trouble with uh, France and the king and the hierarchy in France and whatever, these were all problems. And they decided that it's better to let people run their own stinking lives and get government out of the way. And so that it was our attempt at this great experiment where you get control of your own life, your own prosperity rests on your shoulders. You can't blame anybody else. You cannot um, pretend that 
you're not responsible you're responsible. And then what they started doing with this too much government is they started demanding, look at you may not want to take this injection, but we know there's no harm and we know it will save grandma's life. And as soon as you get them calling something true that is false, you're, you've got way too much government. They've overstepped their bounds. They're now dangerous to our human well-being and our prosperity. And this is why we need people to join with us in this grand jury um, pursuit. And in for the audio listeners, so this image says most bad government has grown out of too much government. And that's from Thomas Jefferson. And this is also just a truism. Individual liberty gives you the power to make your own decisions. This is a this is a beautiful comment. Uh, individual liberty is individual power. That's for another founding father, John Quincy Adams, the fifth president of the United States. This is just a beautiful, simple concept. You have the power. You have the power, Grace, to choose what you have for lunch. Are you going to have carrots, green beans, and broccoli, or are you going to have, um, you know, steak and eggs? It, it's your choice. Um, and maybe you want all five of those, you know, and that's okay, too. The point is you get to make that decision. So do you want this vaccine? or not. And all of a sudden the government says, you don't get a choice here. Your medical freedom has been stolen from you. You don't get the liberty to make a choice. And we've stripped you of your individual power. This ought to cause everybody to realize the future belongs to us and we need to respond with as much force and vigor as we can. And do you want those criminals to get away with it? Just remember those, the people who have died, the people who became disabled, the people who lost their uh, means of living. And just, you know, just the chaos that they, this, this situation has created. So that's what we have to remember to have that responsibility to participate in the grand jury. <laughs> yeah, and this one's just humorous. Um, it, if, if there was no money in it, they would have never produced it. But there's billions in it. There's billions in it. And so all of a sudden it gets, you know, this label safe and effective. Safe and effective is a marketing term. It's not a medical term. There is no medical definition for safe and effective because there's always trade-offs it will impact you different than me. And it, and interestingly enough for your size and body weight and my size and body weight, they give us the same injection. Wait a minute, when do we administer, you know, and, and, and children, you know, uh, children, I, I think children got half the, half the adult dose or something, but this is still, trillions of cells in that injection that have, create the spike protein and have the potential to propagate through the human body, through the manufacture of taking the RNA code and manufacturing DNA. 
that has never ever been put into human bodies before. But hey, we made money, yippee! And uh, this this is a real tragedy. The money machine is the biggest problem we face. How do you stop these guys who just want the money? And remember again, folks, that when you hear words and statement that's being said again and again and again in all mainstream station and watch out also sometimes in the because even alternative media is infiltrated can be infiltrated or is infiltrated already if they keep repeating the same thing so be cautious of that okay you don't want to be hypnotized maybe you could turn your your attention somewhere else okay and uh, listen to this kind of podcast all right Yeah, uh, th this is just a, an election campaign one that is is kind of funny. It's uh, I think what's relevant about this slide is it um, it 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 makes the me the media is concerned about age, right? It, you know, uh, this cartoon image of President Biden as asking a um, potential voter. It's my age, right? And uh, and and no, it's got nothing to do with your age. It's got to do with your policies. We've got inflation, rampant inflation. We've got increased crime in all the metro areas. We've got lawfare against um, the Republican candidate and against even others. My office. I myself have been banned from the ballot by Oregon Secretary of State because I was. Um, uh, we, we as Republicans in a Democrat blue state tried to deny quorum and to deny quorum mean, a quorum is, um, a minimum number of members that have to be present to conduct business. Your local homeowners association or condo will have a, an owner's association where they decide, that you can't park your RV in the in the front yard. You have to put it in a side yard or in a shed, or you can't paint your house bright blue or pink. You have to paint it in these traditional Northeastern colors, or you have to paint it in the typical uh, greens and browns that make it look like it belongs in the forest setting here in the West Coast. And that when those people come up with those rules, no pink houses or no uh, pale blue houses, they come up with those rules based on the, the community and the majority vote. So in Oregon, we denied quorum because we were afraid of a transgender, not afraid, uh, it, it's a mutilation bill. It's called transgender I called it the transgender mutilation legislation where they could perform uh, hormone blocking and um, uh, transition drugs as well as uh, bottom surgery and top surgery on an individual of any age in the state of Oregon paid for by Oregon taxpayers from any nation or any state in the United States, in any nation, anybody in the world could come to Oregon and get bottom surgery, top surgery, become, um, get, uh, become sterile and become uh, 
you know, dependent on pharmacological solutions for the rest of their lives without parental consent. So your 12-year-old could get taken across the border, operated on in Oregon, and cross back over into your state, and we would never tell parents about it. This legislation was so horrid, it was House Bill 2002, uh, 2002 and um, we denied quorum and walked out of the Senate. We would not conduct business on this issue if they were not willing to negotiate. What is the age of majority? Is it 18? Is it 21? Is et cetera, et cetera. There was no age limit. It's a, it, anybody could get this surgery. Male, female, doesn't matter. No gender validity, no ethnic background, no information, no historic information, none required. Just go for it. And so we denied quorum because I denied quorum and was absent for 10 days without the Senate president okaying my absence when I spent, we all specified our absence. The Senate majority Democrat president in the Oregon Senate has banned 10 of us from the ballot. That's the same thing that's happening to Trump. This is lawfare. And this is lawfare on medical procedures that's no different than the COVID mandates you see on this screenshot. The COVID mandates were every bit as atrocious. And this, um, this individual piece, I, I was talking about lawfare and mentioned this example in my case, because I will not be able to continue in the Senate because I wouldn't allow them to operate on your children without your consent. And across the nation, across the world, doesn't matter where they come from, the taxpayers here in Oregon would foot the bill. This is atrocious, it's dangerous, it's a mindset where the state has stepped out of bounds. They're way beyond the bleachers now, they're out in the parking lot and they're still calling the rules that they're making valid rules that are acceptable and it's not. And we have to stand for truth. This is back to the concept of truth. We've been led astray. We have drifted from the light. We have the chance to reverse this tragic course of events. We will have to backtrack because this has been happening for a long time. These events are unfolding. All of your listeners are aware of this. All of your watchers are aware of this. And we did not see it coming, but boom, it's here and we need to respond appropriately. Thank you, Senator. That's so wrong, but I'm glad you're there. So... <laughs> well, this this one uh, is a humorous one, isn't it? Um, you know, considering the track record, name a socialist uh, country that's ever been a success, whether you want to go to Scandinavia, whether you want to go to Russia, whether you want to go to Korea, North Korea, whether you want to go to North Vietnam, uh, China, you try and name one, Argentina, um, name a country, Venezuela, um, it, why, why are these students so attracted to this concept of socialism? This, this is a real question, again, that we need to address. How did we allow this to happen? 
And, and this, this is a great tragedy because it's uh, overcoming the acceptance and the responsibility for people being taught um, through passive means and illicit means um, and, and, you know, maybe uh, internal university punishment or whatever, censoring and whatnot, they've been taught that this is a good idea. Socialism is a good idea and our free market economies, quote, don't work. And the truth is the free market economy has brought millions and millions of people out of uh, poverty and brought them into prosperity. Yes. And um, and that's why I think, um, no, not that I think, but it's re it, they just systematically deprogram or systematically manipulated and propagandized the education, whether it's public, whether it's private uh, from uh, early on and more so, of course, it's, as uh, they said, it's easier to, to train a child while they're young, right? So that's mm. when they pump all kinds of information. And for me, I think they go through your heart. Your, as a holistic practitioner, they go to your heart chakra. They point that they, they use all the nice, sweet things and not knowing that the socialism is like a veneer to all the other atrocities that they want to do. So that's how it goes back to the how corrupted or how infiltrated our system of education. And this is also true even to um, to all countries, as you said, because when when the pandemic started, we thought, oh, what happened to the to Germany? How come people are not like speaking up or what happened to the Jews? How come they're not speaking up? It's because they were they're educated. That's how you know they they were also victims every one of us have been victimized through our the system of education so i applaud you dr uh senator linticum because i know you homeschool i think most of the years of your children right yes we did and we uh we homeschooled our children and they in turn are homeschooling their children we have diane and i have been married uh, 43 years. This is our 44th year, but we haven't made it to the anniversary yet. Um, and um, we have six grandchildren and they're a great pleasure, especially to see them flourish in a homeschooling environment. Because what you just described, Grace, is really an important concept that darkness has been allowed to creep in through all of these other areas. It's not been a slugfest in the boxing ring. It's been just this, you know, ongoing assault. It's, it's easy, you know, it's not hard. There's, um, we, we almost have been seduced. We've, they've trained us to be lazy and to be um, not active like we should be. We've been complacent and we've sit, sat around for too many years. And now we see that our complacency will lead to our downfall if we don't wake up and get out of bed right now. So your point is well taken, Grace. This is a slow, slow grinding at our soul and our, uh, our, our dignity and our constitutional inalienable God-given rights. 
Thank you. And here's another image. Yeah, now I provided this image for you. Um, you. You and I have kind of shared in these images. Some of them are yours, some of them are mine. And this came from a, um, a paper that was published, um, a Wiley publishing paper where they were describing um, how this Trojan horse, again, it's the slow creeping darkness that all of a sudden infiltrates our city walls and now we're overtaken in the dead of night and we didn't realize it. The, the chemists, the physicists, the clinicians, the uh, university um, researchers, uh, your government, your local county commissioners or supervisors or, um, or the scientists and various all regulators for the public health at the county level or public health at the state level. All of these people are on the um, drug delivery money machine um, route straight into the middle of your local government um, and every every turn of the wheel, every step these people take, they get deeper and deeper into the city walls, and tragedy is the result. We every one of your listeners is familiar with the story of Troy and the Trojan horse, and this is a great illustration of exactly what's going on. Every grinding of the wheel is another inch, another foot, another yard, another mile, or f for people, kilometer, you know, centimeter, millimeter, you know, and on it goes. Um, but th th it's a slow process, and it's extremely dangerous because if we don't recognize the danger, boom, they're on top of us. And, and I am of the opinion that for me, the solution that we don't continue this process of going to this drug delivery money machine in terms of our health educate and our education, we really have to really know our body, truly our body and the natural way of really taking care of ourselves. Okay, mm -hmm. when I say natural way, it doesn't mean that we cannot take some medicines or some supplements but what I'm saying is there's some base foundation of our body that we have to own. First, learn about it because oh, if you don't really learn these things, you'll be scared and you'll fall for anything. And at early, at on my early age, this is what I learned so much. I, I grew up sickly, so and I didn't want to be sickly. So, and but I'm around traditional healers, so and also doctors, but we never went to the doctors because the traditional healers first were our go-to and, and I was fine. And then I learned how to choose properly my food, not to eat too much candy, okay? And, <laughs> and go to my mother and ask, can you please do a massage for me? Can you please put some, so, you know, these things, learn it first. Then you, you don't fall for any of these traps. Okay, because it's all about being fearful about our health. We know we want to live longer, be happy, not be disabled. So that's what you do. Own your health. 
And, and this is back to that other slide. In, in individual knowledge is the individual power. Um, you know, when you when you learn about your own body, your own needs, you know, pay attention to these things instead of skipping by. We we get um, uh, our lives get so overtaken with the modern media, our phones, our email, and those kinds of things that to sit back and have a moment of introspection is is really powerful, not only for your mental health and well-being, but for your physical health and well-being. We're almost there, and we have this. Home of the free, because of the brave who will question the narrative, stay true to facts, real science, hold officials accountable, that's we're in grand, grand jury, demand informed consent with individual liberty and free choice. Yeah, I, I made this slide because I think this is, this is an important talking point. You have to learn to question authority. I think um, how many people question, does this mask really help? How small is a virus? Won't it just travel through this paper blue cloth that I have wrapped around my face? Um, here, here's another funny story um, from my Senate. They required uh, facial covering. They didn't say you had to wear a mask. And so I wore a red bandito, um, you know, kind of cowboy bandana. And, you know, it was just a, a handkerchief, red bandito handkerchief folded in half, made a triangle, tied it around my neck and wore it uh, uh, above my nose. And, um, and that was acceptable because it was a face covering. Now, everybody and their mother in every video I show up with that bandana around my face like I'm a bandito, that bandito, bright red, you know, cowboy looking construct, everybody should have been aware that this was not stopping any virus or any flu or any cold or anything. This is a farce. And um, but I met the rules. They would allow me to the Senate floor. I could speak my mind. I could make my statements. I could, you know, argue my point because uh, I was compliant, you know, to the extent necessary. I had this quote face covering on, and the reason the rule makers chose face covering is they knew that an N95 was, was out of the league for most people. They knew these paper masks were ridiculous. They knew that, um, that some people would show up with the, uh, the tightly woven glitter mask or something. And so they just said, oh, well, at least we can pretend we care. And because they could pretend, and this is turns out what most government is doing, is pretend, 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 while all the while destroying your very lives and livelihood. This is really a dangerous place that we've come to in our world where people are not willing to question the authorities and they're not willing to stay true to they're not willing to seek truth. The, the truth is, and I've used this in the example already, 
you know, you, you're a female, I'm a male, you're a woman, I'm a man. Is that true or is it not true? And is it only true because the two of us believe so? And can somebody else disagree with us? Or is there some biological validity to what we call the, the male um, uh, physical structure and the female physiology? Is, is there a truth to this or not? And we have to stick by truth and focus on it all the way to um, revamping our public health model. Um, so what's your last words of wisdom for us? And maybe we should invite them also to the uh, January 23. I'm going to put it as a sticker. So, okay, Senator, thank you. Yes, th th this is a wonderful opportunity for people to put this on their calendar uh, on January 23rd at 8, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So for your neighborhood, but if you've got a national audience, it'll be 5 p.m. Pacific. You can figure out central time in the middle there. Um, but uh, that that says December 5th and it's really um, January 23rd. Oh, here's the first part, it says January yeah. 23rd. At the, at the end of this little trailer that's scooting across, uh, the yeah. first date, January 23rd, is correct. The, the date after this, at the end of this little blurb, still says December 5th, which was our other one. And this is the um, first one of the new year. So please come on... Uh, January 23rd, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and we will talk about our next step in helping you get your county to um, create and successfully enable a grand jury for investigating this fraud. Um, we need to we need to be able to focus on this at the county level. There, are, I looked it up. I I actually asked. Uh, you know, one of the AI, you know, G chat G GPT or whatever. I, I said, how many counties are in the United States? And it said um, uh, 3,143 or something. Uh, I, I think that's what I remember. And so there are 3,143 chances for your local district attorney. Some, some small counties have district attorneys. They, they're small counties. You can influence the district attorney's decision. You can have casual conversations with the district attorney. Your county commissioners, there will be counties of every shape and size across the United States. In New Hampshire, there, there's Buku counties and representatives. I don't even know how many New Hampshire has. I don't know what New Jersey looks like. Every local jurisdiction has the authority to enable a grand jury. And the grand jury is a um, constitutional office. It's not a state-regulated office. It's a constitutional office that grand jury can cross boundaries, they can subpoena records, they can subpoena unredacted records from any individual anywhere in the United States. And um, it, it's a powerful tool. We just need a bunch of counties that are willing to step up and take action. So that's what we're gonna discuss on um, January, January 23. Yep. 
Yeah, the December 5, Senator, that was an invitation for people to listen to the replay of the December 5. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, it was going by a little too fast for my eyes. <laughs> I copied it. I copied it from the uh, website. So okay. anyway, so because that was the first meeting, December 5. Okay. So every mm -hmm. month. So, but make sure you go to beyondthecon.com, subscribe, don't just support, be part of it. And then you'll get the, you, you know, uh, information before I can even make a shout out of it. And mm -hmm. I, I also made a, a ticker for your wellness resource, but if nothing else, if you can just remember my information, the graceasagra.com or graceasagra.bio.link, you'll find all the connection there, okay? And I am very transparent, meaning you can easily find me, uh, maybe not in YouTube because I'm down with that. And then, but in, uh, in, in Facebook, it's questionable too. But yeah, so <laughs> you, you can email me, feel free. But what else do we do? We just keep moving forward, right, Senator? So I thank That's you. That's right. We, we happen to be on the right track and I'm not turning back now. We've got momentum in front of us and we've got a bunch of dedicated individuals who are, helping us all along the way. And we're just looking to grow this movement so that we can bring ethics back to uh, medical freedom within the bureaucracy. So this is Grace Asagra of Quantum Nurse Freedom International podcast. And with me is Senator Dennis Linticum. We thank you so much for being with us. We thank you for everything that you all do in your own ways. Connect with people locally and connect with people nationally and globally, okay? Because we share this history together. And, and don't forget, it will be uploaded in different uh, platforms right here on um, BeatShoot, Rumble, and in, in, if I can put it in social media, it would be. So take care and don't forget. And don't just if you can donate to the beyondthecon.com one time frequently, it will, it's appreciated to me if you, it's appreciated. But the subscription is free. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And right. kind regards to your lovely family, Senator. Thank and you so much. It was a great show and conversation. You're a wonderful host, and um, it, it will be fun to um, hear from people. Actually, I write about these things in my uh, newspaper, my newsletter for my constituents, but I can add anybody to my email list if they would like to see my newsletters where I report on things that are happening here in Oregon. For example, most of your listeners had no idea that Oregon was on the leading edge of gender, gender mutilation technology and surgery. Um, and uh, we have a... Um, uh, you can send me a note, Dennis at electdennis.com and just say, please subscribe or leave it blank. I don't care. Any new email that I get to Dennis at elect Dennis, two N's in Dennis, D-E-N-N-I-S at electdennis.com. And I'll put you on the newsletter. You'll get it after a while. You may want to say, yeah, uh, this doesn't meet my needs. Throw it away, unsubscribe. That's fine. Um, but it, you, you're welcome to my um, my articles and what I have to publish. And 
I can even provide a backlist of newsletters that are specific to COVID. But most of what I describe and talk about is um, government overreach. Government overreach is happening in all facets of our lives. This one happens to be front and center because of the atrocious um, you know, results coming from this current, uh, you know, pandemic of political, um, uh, what do you call it? Pandemic of political malfeasance. Uh, did you say Dennis at electdennis.com? That's correct. Okay, let me just, uh, so, so people can see it. So that's, that's Senator Dennis Lintecum's contact info, okay? So Dennis at electdennis.com. You see, everyone has to be transparent because what do you have to hide if there's nothing malfeasant that you want to hide? So keep going. Thank you. And God bless you and take care of your family and your constituents. Thank you so much. Uh, have a great afternoon and blessings to you and your listeners as well.